BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. The Suns return home to the Footprint Center, and they return home to the winning column. A game against the Philadelphia 76ers on the second night of a back-to-back And they win. They win by 20. Couldn't say that I saw this coming. I think both Matthew and I predicted a a big old fat L, especially the way that this team has been playing. But Matthew, what we saw last night against the Sacramento Kings was a second team unit that looks like, like it's starting to develop some semblance of an identity. And it was the second team unit again today that really patched together this win for the Phoenix Suns, a vital win for the Phoenix Suns. Oh, yeah. I think coming into these two games, we're like, we're not going to get anything. Last game could have won tonight. You know, they did took win. care of business, but they cooled off. They went through it. They breezed by the Sixers by just staying cool and playing their game. It was like, I think it was like identical last night, last night's game in a way. You know what I mean? You had Chris Paul coming through, but the bench played great, great defense. And then you also had Booker just killing him again. So, Without the technicals tonight, the Suns got it done. (laughs) I was going to say, like, the only difference between last night and this night is Devin Booker didn't get a technical, and then the team didn't allow a 22-3 to run. Yes. Because that's what happened last night. But as a a Suns fan who obviously has been going through it, prior to this, the team has been on a skid. Nothing looks like it's fitting together. And I think even on last night's podcast, even after losing to the Sacramento Kings, you and I were – in a better mood because we yeah. saw what we liked. It was either that or the copious amounts of alcohol that was in my system. You sound good, by the way. You a little sick? Is that corn? I think you're no. allergic. <clears throat> What's... I feel like I smoked like a pack of cigarettes. I, I don't saw know. all that corn, dude. What corn? The corn in the in the brews. The oh, brewskis gonna... last night, man. Well, I'm going to be drinking more brews tonight, bro. <laughs> Give me some that's more a, of that corn. That's a way to cure the corn is by eating more corn. I've been coughing all corn. day. I'm like, why am I coughing? I like, I wasn't corn. yelling last night. It's the corn. <laughs> it is. I swear to God. Get tested. Your uh, kids tested mother approved. You're probably allergic to corn. Great. Well, what I'm, are we talking about? <laughs> I've had this issue my entire life. Uh, I used to blame it on the ciggies, but I gave up smoking those about nine mm-hmm. years ago. So. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, I don't get hangovers. I get corn overs. Yes. Co- comb overs. Good win, though, tonight. <laughs> good win. It was really fun. Yes, fun yes, game to watch, good. whether you were consuming corn during the game or whether you were consuming <laughs> wheat products. Uh, it was a fun game to watch because this team just was relentless against a, a Philadelphia 76ers team that's good. 
I mean, they're a good team. This is a solid win for the Phoenix Suns, much needed with KD right around the corner. So we're going to talk about that. that. We're going to talk about playing more on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate it if you're hanging out with us. Hopefully, if you are, you're not eating corn or drinking a beer that has corn in it. Go with Bud Light. Bud Light's corn-free, right, Matthew? Yeah, and it just tastes disgusting, and you just sit there and feel empty all night. <laughs> well, actually, you feel bloated, right? But, like, emotionally empty, I assume, is what you're Yeah, it is, you feel nothing inside from that <laughs> stuff. So, <laughs> it's so, so boring. <laughs> this is the Sun's Jam Session brought to you by Corn-Free Bud Light. Corn-free. And yep. the Basketball Podcast Network. But I'm going to have some Kurzweil, which I guess has corn in it. So uh, if, if you're okay with the corn and us being corny, pop them if you got them. Let's talk about a win, baby. Finally, a win for the Phoenix Sun. They win 125 to 105 over the Philadelphia 76ers, the team that in the NBA is alphabetically right next to us, which brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, got to ask. Yes. We talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Obviously, this isn't probably a good game to take a look at them holistically and say, hey, are they the Eastern Conference contenders but is this a team that is eastern conference contenders or are they yeah, pretenders sure. oh yeah absolutely um the way harden's been playing it's it's not really a slowed down game like draw the foul kind of game from him he's been playing like better off ball um maxi helps him a lot as you saw tonight he's the other guy on that team he's like the third guy that they absolutely need harden stepped up a lot this year and of course he was out tonight but that team is i don't know if they i think they can beat the bucks they're they're close. It's going to be tough. I think that's like a seven game series in the Eastern Conference Finals if it happens. And right now, the way Embiid tonight, Embiid was a little, you know, it seemed like it just was too much for him. But the way he could slow things down, just take over games, and you have those two guys and Maxi and Harden, it's unstoppable. They got shooters around too. So mm-hmm. just, I'm not going to say it's an off night from the Sixers. This is just not like a playoff looking team tonight in the Sixers. It's, it was kind of like. You know, the Suns are just running circles around them and just shooting lights out all game long. Yeah. Just couldn't keep up with the Suns, kind of Sixers. Yeah, the 76ers obviously are without James Harden. And when I talk about it in the subreddit stakeout, trust me, they let you know that that's all they complained about the entire time. But that being said, they are a contender in the Eastern Conference. With, to, in my personal opinion, it's the Milwaukee Bucks, it's the Philadelphia 76ers, and then everybody else. Because they have the only guy who can slow down a Giannis Antetokounmpo type in Joel Embiid. I mean, you want to talk about physicality. Joel Embiid is a beast. And he looked winded throughout the entire game. And some people were commenting on Twitter that potentially that he was fatigued after losing last night in Golden State, scoring 46. But I'll never fall for that ploy because I've seen it time and time again in which Joel Embiid looks like he's winded. And then he drops 46 on you. It's like... Nikola Jokic, right? Like both of these guys are the ultimate possum players. They always just look like the weight of the world is upon them, but they can perform with that weight upon them. So although he did look tired tonight, 
I think it was just more of, as you mentioned, what the Phoenix Suns did tonight, how their second team unit didn't allow any relief. So when Embiid, without James Harden, obviously, but definitely got plenty of help from Tyrese Maxey, he just didn't have the ability to have his team uh, pull through and help him out in the ways that they needed to. So this is, I this is a great Suns win, but I wouldn't say that's a bad Sixers loss if you're looking at it through the lens of a Sixers fan. No, I mean, you have so many losses like this in the NBA today yep. where you're going to have these teams like the Sixers have an off night. Um, I, Suns absolutely needed this game more than the Sixers. Ooh, that was part time. of it. I think they actually, you know, there's a few post-game chat chatter um from like chris paul you know still after last game about the refs and stuff but maybe they're like hey let's just we had a chance to win that game let's just make sure we did exactly what we did last night and have ross and warren go out and just just catch fire again and just help them out like we had help from the bench but what the sixers are doing too is they're gonna keep feeding Embiid, and when it looks bad for him it's like when he's like on the ground after some plays like trying to get the ball and chris paul takes it away from him Mm -hmm. it's like dude yeah Embiid does look tired he looks injured almost all the time but he can suck you into that play and slow things down. Yes. But the way the Suns were shooting tonight, what was it, 50% tonight, just all game long, it's you're trading. And I mean, the Sixers matched the Suns 13 threes of 15, but it was like the Suns were just like, it was like they're scoring four points to every two points and B was trying to make. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The defense, too, by Jock and Biz, they gave him hell tonight. So a lot of that was a that effort from those guys was huge tonight and keeping Massive. and tired and keeping him down most of the game. Massive. And I will start and I will give the first drop to our boy Busy in this one, man. He had a fantastic yep. Biz. Biz. So Bismack Biombo in this game played 29 total minutes and was 8 of 12 from the field. He had 17 points. He had 13 rebounds. He had five blocks, Jamsters. He was fantastic in this game because he's the one who ultimately has to stop, who, in my opinion, is going to end up with the MVP trophy. And that's Joel Embiid. And I, I guess we can mm. we can talk a little can bit about, about that, that later. Yeah, we could talk about that later. All right. Um, but – what he did and how effective he was. And, and as you mentioned, even Jock Landell coming in 13 minutes. I mean, he only had a couple points, uh, but he, the the hustle that he had. But Busy was just, uh, he, he has some rhythm to him now. He's starting to get, you know, right when he's getting his rhythm down, it's like, all right, man, go sit on the bench for a while and, and, and Monty will bury him. But I think that with his play tonight and with his play over the past, you know, week, if you will, He's definitely somebody who Monty Williams will deploy based on the playoff series, and he can be effective. And it was a reminder of that. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want anyone to go out there and and take from this game, oh, hey, look at what Busy did. We don't need DeAndre Ayton. This is not. It. This is the exception, not the rule, when it comes to Bismack Biombo performances, especially going up against the MVP, in my opinion. But you have to appreciate what he did. He was fantastic, Matthew. Yeah, he, he kind of knows what he's limited in now with um, the hook shot. You don't see it as much. Um, so other options he has is to pass it off or like get closer to the hoop and try to lay it in. But the way he was set up most of this game were just free dunks. So he was going at it. Um, you know, Josh, I think a lot Josh of... Josh Kogi learned, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Josh Kogi took the mask off. We'll probably talk about him. He had a he had a comeback second half for sure. Mm-hmm. But what what um what busy was doing, they were kind of just letting off of him when, when the guy would come in, either it was mostly a Kogi, 
when he would come into the paint and B would go out there, leave busy. Cause you know, what's busy going to do, but then busy took his time, grabbed the ball, dunked it, blocking all the shots. Like the way he was actually helping out with the post-up game from Joel, he played it perfect. He played the best you can. That's like, it was like Deandre esque. If yes. this, if that was Deandre though, in the game, getting those looks, this game would have been a blowout quicker. Yeah. This game would have been over a lot sooner. But there was just things that Busy's just he's limited in ways, but he's finding out what he can and can't do. And just the same same thing as Jock. Like those two have really figured out what they can and cannot do and just stop doing the things that they keep messing up on and they're limited to. So that has helped the Suns a lot. And what they actually do is just use their body, play great defense. Um, Jock's not really – he had a few bad calls for fouls. But other than that, man, like these guys stay out of the foul trouble. And when Aiton comes back – I mean, it's going to suck to see Busy go back just because he's been playing so fucking great. But you just know what you have in him now for sure. Yeah, it just it gives Monty Williams some more confidence in what he has in Busy. Uh, and, and again, I don't know if necessarily it negates Jock Landell's presence moving forward. Again, it's just it's purely matchup based, in my opinion, for the Phoenix Suns. The other the other side of that is if DeAndre Ayton's in there, he's not getting those looks. <clears throat> Right. Exactly. Yeah. He, he He's just not. He always he'll always have a defender on his hip and what have you, because the majority of Busy's points came as the result of penetration from the Phoenix Suns. And that's something. The, the front, you know, at uh, the front end of that road trip for the past two weeks for the Phoenix Suns, it's been a lot of complaining about not getting foul calls, but also they're not generating the opportunity to get foul calls. It's this perfect storm of some referee and officiating malpractice, if you will, you know, with like Scott Foster out there calling games coupled with the fact that the Phoenix suns are the fourth worst team in the NBA at shooting the ball inside of 10 feet. Well, the last two games against the Kings and against the 76ers, we've seen more penetration. And what's happening is when you penetrate is one, you get some of the calls, but two, you get opportunities like busy got as Josh Akogi went, he went for a dunk and Joel Embiid deleted that shit. Well, he did it a couple more times. And as he was going up, he passed the ball behind Embiid, and there's a wide-open duck for Busy. So those are the kind of things that happen when penetration occurs. And it's it's a good sign for the Phoenix Suns. I don't want to say that these last two games are a trend for them because it's going to take a lot more than two performances where I feel like they're attacking the cylinder in a more expediting fashion to call it a trend. But we're heading the right direction, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, this yeah. game, last game was huge. Like you said, it was a fun podcast last pod and John wasn't all hung over and full of corn, but we, <laughs> we had a great time because we saw something in this bench. We saw the hustle. We saw a team that Booker says that he trusts and he knows that they can get to where they want to get with these guys in the locker room. It's come together in the last two games. The last game, it's just, it's weird that that was kind of like a blowout game. But tonight, like you can see that this bench unit the guys that, you know, we'll we'll talk about probably like who's going to be the fifth guy starter. Mm-hmm. Like it's interchangeable in ways. Like you have a, a multiple guys out there um, that you can throw in there in the starting lineup to play with those big four. So right now, I mean, the way Bismack even played tonight, it just shows you that this team is like taking their time to figure things out and making sure that they're in the right situation offensively where it looked like such a mess a week ago where these guys were just doing too much and – and uh, Ross and Warren were just absolutely mm. the ball. 
right? R- R- yeah, Ross and Morris, or R- Ross, TJ and Ross, right? Yes. As Matthew dubbed them last night on the pod, the Outlet Boys, right? The discount yes. duo, the Outlet Boys. Ross. The Outlet Boys. The Outlet Boys. How about <laughs> yeah, that dude. drop, ladies Bad and gentlemen? Badass name. Badass drop. <laughs> yeah, really good. I use I use face technology. Yeah. That's, that's Brian Cranston's voice saying the Outlet Boys. Uh, but they combined for how, 31. Yeah, that's weird. I, I was like, that's not John. Like, how? <laughs> that's funny, dude. I use I use that 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 deep, deep space face stuff, whatever. Uh, but TJ Warren was seven of twelve from the field. TJ Ross was six of twelve from the field. TJ Ross, Terrence Ross was six of twelve for the field. <laughs> they combined for thirty-one points in this game. And as I we talked about last night, we'll 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 start with uh, uh, TJ Warren, right? TJ War Machine, one of the outlet boys, one of the the discount duo. Uh, Looked a lot better defensively tonight. Looked like he's starting to get in some rhythm. Starting to take some of those tough TJ Warren-esque shots that we watched for years when he played for the Phoenix Suns. And now seeing him out there and actually getting playing time, right? Warren had 29 minutes last night. He had 27 minutes tonight. Again, 7 of 12 for 16 points. He also had 8 rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block. We're starting to get more and more of Warren. And I think that that's unbelievably valuable for this team because I think that he should be part of the playoff rotation. I believe both him and Ross should be part of the playoff rotation. Do you? Oh, hell yeah, dude. Just just an applause to those guys coming back into the – I mean, even Warren. You, you kind of forget about him a little bit because of Ross and how great he's been. It's kind of like if you were to say Batman or Robin, right? I think TJ would be his Robin for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but TJ's, TJ's always still- been Robin. Yeah, he has. His whole, his he, whole he's, career. He's filling up the stat sheet, dude. Yeah. And I think, like, even tonight with the Sixers defense, man, oh, my voice is up and down. It's all Whoa. over the place. Just full of excitement tonight. Lack of corn. <laughs> yeah, those husks really toughen you up, dude. The, I, I think that what TJ's been doing, dude, he's been warming up, right? He's been warming up, but also playing against the Sixers team where defense was suspect where they were tired, you know what I mean? It just seemed that way, right? I just feel mm-hmm. like there was a lot of lazy defense, maybe on both ends in the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. But the Sixers were giving up a lot of space. Last game against the, the the Kings, absolutely, like a lot of space. So what TJ's doing is like he's just getting to his spots. He's ready. Like he's in great position. Before, it's like, well, I mean, he's two feet over from where he was before in those other games where he just struggled. But it just looks better. He just looks like he's in position to score wherever he's at. Like he's just like, you know, the little runners are going. Yes. His little his little his three-point shot, his his little jump shots, they're just little papa shots. They're just going in now because he's comfortable, he's warmed up, and he's a guy that you can rely on in the playoffs. And I think EJ said tonight that he's going to be a guy that wins us a playoff game. I think that I was a quote I saw on Twitter. Agree. I agree with that. That's what I'm saying, like the fifth spot. And I said with even with the Brooklyn Nets, like he is the perfect guy to have next to those dudes who's just going to be wide open and kill these teams that they're going to have to use timeouts. So be like, all right, you can't stop them, right? Ross will hit shots in these guys' face from three. Like I'm like, that's going to go in. Mm-hmm. Warren is just wide open all the time, mm-hmm. and he's gonna it's going to go in. So those guys will burn some timeouts and get those leads up back up to ten and fifteen like they did tonight. And it, the same goes with. 
Terrence Ross in that in that manner. What's the matter, dog? You with Terrence? This guy's a gangster. His real name? Terrence. Terrence. He's the home of both parents. Terrence. Terrence have a real good marriage. Both of these guys have an innate ability to score. Uh, TJ Warren, as we know, is going to be somebody who's going to attack and get you in the mid-range. Terrence, we've seen, has done that, but he's your fireball three-point shooter. And it brings me back to a conversation we had a couple podcasts ago on whether or not Josh Okoge should be the fifth starter. And I'll pull up a tweet uh, that I pulled up a couple pods ago, for those of you who didn't see it, but stay true S.3 on Twitter put together the catch-and-shoot numbers on three-point attempts post-All-Star game, and Ross is 47.4%. Uh, TJ Warren's not on this list because he probably doesn't shoot enough. Uh, but Akogi's like worst on the Suns when it comes to catch-and-shoot threes, 31.4%. So do you think that the Phoenix Suns at any time would go, hey, we're going to move with TJ Warren as the number five guy or Terrence Ross as the number five guy, knowing that when KD comes back, the gravity alone of Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton is going to leave that number five guy wide open for catch-and-shoot opportunities, whether they be beyond the arc or whether they be in the mid-range where TJ Warren likes to live. Well, I mean, if you're going up against a Sixers team that has Yang, Yang, Niang. I hate that I guy, that's how you by the way. It. I don't like him either. He looks like just a, a douchebag boyfriend of your sisters that just is a fucking douche doesn't he, he shows up he's got like a piece of shit car but he thinks it's really yeah. nice he he's revs always it on the coming phone. down the he's street phone yeah and he yeah. wears flip-flops all the time with his flip flown yeah and you try to say you try to say <laughs> hi to him or whatever and he's just like yes. kind of a dick about he just it doesn't even yeah but that's how all these guys are they're all pricks <laughs> most of them right clay thompson's a prick i know he is for sure um Yang and Harris, if you're guarding them, you can have what you can have like the whole Warren and Ross coming off the bench playing together. That was something that was really sketchy before, but now I think it's okay if you're playing a team like this that those guys can't really get to the rim. Harris just disappears. Yang will just jack up threes. Um, if you're you're looking for defense though, coming off the bench with one of those dudes, I would start a Warren or a Ross, and then you have the Okogi. And mm-hmm. Warren or Ross coming in off the bench. So you're starting to flip to that mode of thinking. I huh? am, but I still, I love Kogi because we he all is, do. Oh my God. Like this guy, his defense makes me tear up a little bit because he's just so good at it. Getting to the free throw line and just, he like freezes in midair until he gets the call and he's like, all right, I'll shoot it. Like he is great all over the place. His shooting is suspect sometimes, but I still trust him. But I still want him as our five, as our number. Our and see, I'm, I'm going the offensive route. I think that adding him to the the second team unit, along with Torrey Craig, when Kevin Durant comes back, along with either most likely Terrence Ross, who would be your instant offense guy, with uh, Cameron Payne, and with either Busy or Jock, or if you're going super small, you throw Landell out there, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Shamit out there at the two. I mean, it gives you a lot of flexibility. I like that as a second team unit in the postseason, I like TJ Warren with the first team unit based on the matchup. Again, TJ, TJ, if if we're playing a team where we need to be a little bit bigger, uh, although Josh does play big, but I, I just, I like the offensive potency that either Terrence Ross or TJ Warren could bring to the first team unit, knowing that they don't necessarily have to, but they're going to get the opportunity. They're going to get it. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen is Kevin Durant's going to come back on Wednesday. Josh is going to stay with that first team unit. 
And for about five of the last seven games, is that how many we have left now? Seven games? Eight more games. This was eight nine more games. games. Yeah, there this you go. Is the ninth. So I'd yep. say five of the last, you know, six games with KD, it might be a Kogi. And they might try a game in there. If, if Kogi's getting, if he's earning his keep on the first team unit, then he's going to ride that yeah. wave all, all the way into the postseason. But after the first couple games, if he's shooting 25, 30%, uh, from the from beyond the arc, I think that Monty Williams goes, okay, you know what? Let's put him back on that second team unit and see how it goes. No, I, I trust that. And I think if uh, Kogi's probably going to stay, in my opinion, just because he doesn't make mistakes. And I think yeah. he, he's just the perfect guy for that situation. But I like having Warren starting just because you can get up on teams quick. Like get yes. up on them. Yes. It'll be like a 12-2 run timeout, you know, 15-5 yes. timeout. And then your sons are up, and it's it's a good start to a game. And that's and what I like. First quarter book. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to be a lot of offense. And right now, I'm just super excited. Like, I just think this team – no wonder they went up to number one to get our favorite uh, odds in the West already <laughs> with KD coming back. Well, and it's not about who starts. It's about who finishes, right? So it's you're right. You put out the best offensive that's lineup what Jay you can says, out there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you try to jump the team. So uh, yeah. shout out to Blaze Megatron, one of our elite jamsters in the super chat. Dropped us five bucks Thank you. in American dollars. He says, Phoenix has the hottest wings of death tonight. The <laughs> Warren Ross combo with a large glass of winning. Uh, cheers to that. I appreciate that, Blaze Megatron. And Josen since 80 at $19.99 donation. Awesome. Super chat. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Says, least I can do is contribute for the legit content over all these years, fellas. Jam stars go to you both. Thanks. Now, nah, thank you guys. Appreciate really, it. Yeah, really. Thank you a lot. Yeah, appreciate you going through the highs and the lows that <laughs> of of these post game. <laughs> a lot podcasts. of lows this year. A lot, well, a lot of lows recently. You know, I mean, mm. when your when your record's thirty nine and thirty four, like yeah, it's it's pretty close. Thirty four lows. Yeah, thirty four lows. I'd say probably about like thirty six highs. Yeah, and there's three in there where we just we were not on our game. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, we probably had a lot of corn before those, and it just it wasn't it wasn't fun for for anybody. Oh yeah, a ding dong. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. I, I wanted to talk about Landry for a little bit because yeah, not the greatest game from Landry Shamit, obviously in his in his return he only played 13 minutes uh it's the worst game i think that he's had since he's returned he had those three fouls like right off the bat but as we talked about as we're talking about warren as we're talking about ross and we're talking about a kogi and rotations and what's going on in the playoffs do you think that landry sham kind of becomes the odd man out and is going to be the break glass if necessary or if another guy's in foul trouble guy yeah, him and Payne to me are just guys that are just um that might be on the floor, but um who said this right here by Baff. Yeah. Shamit was a ghost tonight, which is good. I think him defensively is really good. It's mm-hmm. almost an A play. Like he just plays really good defense, I feel like. Offensively, if he's out there he hustles for sure. And yeah, he does. And if he's not doing much offensively, you realize you have other guys now you can count on. He'll slowly disappear with pain. I feel like pain. You know, he's a guy that like Shamit that are schizophrenic out there. Yeah, offensively, it's like I don't know where to throw the ball. I'm not. Su- I'm surprised it was Jock who threw at the referee tonight, not one of those two, because those two can just <laughs> get carried away out there, just do too much, and they're on. They're in their own heads offensively, so they will slowly go away. And I think once KD comes back and he plays with that second unit, those guys won't even matter anymore. And 
keep it up on defense on the defensive side though. Well, that's where he can earn his keep. Three yeah. of D, right? Like yes. hit, hit a couple threes, just hustle on D. And that's what he's been doing since he's come back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, didn't hit any three-pointers tonight. Didn't look great offensively. Took himself out of rhythm. Do you remember his shot being so flat? No. It's it's changed. Yeah, he's like he a came dart back. thrower. Yeah, it's like it's like they're like, sham it. We want you to shoot no matter what. He's like, okay, 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 I will <gasps> shoot. He's like, oh, ah, and he just throws it up. Like, Whereas you have like, Terrence he's Ross. Like throwing it up. Terrence, <laughs> Terrence, yeah. By the time Terrence Ross comes, his shot comes down. There's like like three Landry shot, shots. yeah. Landry shot yeah. three times. <laughs> have you seen that? Uh, I don't know if you have, but they were comparing the uh, the new or, or how long the pitch clock, right? The whole pitch clock thing's happening. I haven't in, seen that in, though, yeah, in Major yeah. League Baseball. Well, I haven't watched any spring training baseball. I've, uh, in fact, I won't be available for the podcast on Monday. Cause I have a fantasy baseball draft. Oh so yeah. I'll watch the game, but then eight o'clock is when the draft starts. So it'll be like halfway during that game. Uh, so we're going to have to ask one of our fine friends if they can assist us with anybody that. out there. Just hit me up. I'll get I don't care know. whoever you want. Come Matthew out here. Just... just make sure you wear clothes and we'll have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but they were showing there's, there's a clip that's circulating of Pedro Baez from the Los Angeles Dodgers in like the 2016 NLCS and how long in between a pitch it took. And they they compared it to Jose Altuve hitting an in the park home run. So like they show the video and like he'd throw a pitch and like a, after he's done throwing the pitch, Jose Altuve hits an inside the park home run, right? And then he gets the ball back and then he steps off mm-hmm. and then and then he and then he throws over to first and then like the whole time they're just playing the uh, Jose Altuve inside the park home run on a loop and it was like eight inside the park Jose Altuve home runs in between one pitch. But like that that's, was before, right? Well, that, that, was, was, that was before. It was 2016, but like that's yeah. the why. That's why Ugh. they're changing baseball because of that shit like that. Yeah, and I that know as a Dodgers fan, stomach. Pedro Baez was the worst, dude. Every time he got on the mound, you're like, fuck, dude. There goes like another hour of my life. So mm-hmm. in <laughs> in uh, uh, that being said, Aussie Suns fans, uh, I, I don't know if that's Gavin. Uh, I know it's not Boyd, uh, but he says, I'll be in a hotel in New Zealand. So hit me up. All right. So, Is it a haunted hotel? That'd be cool. That's a good question. We can do some ghost hunting that night. It'll be another Suns win. We're going to get used to winning again, and we'll just blow out the pod and do a ghost hunting night, right? One hour ghost hunting. Yeah, you, Gavin, and Nate will be doing some ghost hunters, which is like the stupidest (laughs) fucking show. Stupidest fucking show. But I'll tell you what's not stupid is using DraftKings to bet money and, and bet on Houston to win it all and then lose. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back up to $10. I got Houston winning it all. I know. I'm dumb. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. What a 
the best things about this game is the fact that Chris Paul only had to play 26 minutes. He was four of seven from the field, two of three from beyond the arc. 13 points, eight assists, five rebounds for Chris Paul. What do you think of Chris Paul entering this postseason, man? Oh, yeah. I, I feel like he could be a linchpin. We've talked about it a little bit. Let's talk about it again. Well, if um, well. if I go back a few pods, I was like, could we have Cameron Payne closing? Oh, my God. Can we cut that out? Can we delete those pods? Nobody watches those. Oh, okay, cool. Not the old ones. Yeah, don't watch no. that. No. <laughs> go, go back and watch that. No, I, I mean, I'm kind of with you now. I mean, he has some tough shots tonight, but I guess if you can just be that other guy closing out games with the Suns, I don't know. If, I don't know, man. It's going to be weird with, with KD back. I just don't know how much he's going to be closing out games. I guess he will be in the lineup, but it just oh, depends sure on how hot these be. guys are, right? I mean, if TJ and Ross are playing that way, and you still want to play Okogi defensively? Like, I don't see why you would put Chris Paul in the game to close out games if it's close, but I don't know. He's just a little slow to me still, but this is one good game in a while, right? No, he's had some decent ones, especially on the distribution side, but you hit the key thing that everybody's going to be wondering. And as I mentioned before, it's not necessarily who you start with, but it's who you finish. You want to start with guys who can go out there, score you points, go up big on a team. And the way the second team unit's been playing over the last two games, and the reason Jamsters were so excited about the way that the second team unit is playing is these last two games have been against really good competition, right? Like we talked about it against the Lakers game. Who the fuck's going to step up? Well, now you're seeing TJ Ross, TJ Ross, both of them. It's correct. It's the outlet boys. I love it. TJ and Ross, TJ Ross, the discount duo. Uh, You see them step up. And that's what you need. And when that starts to occur, especially against good teams, all of a sudden there's some confidence in that second team unit. All of a sudden, all those national pundits who are questioning the validity of the depth of the Phoenix Suns are taking a look in the mirror and being like, who am I? How do I not know that TJ Warren and Terrence Ross can score fucking points? But when we talk about the end of a game, Chris Paul can become a pigeon on defense. And we know what happens in close games in the postseason is they target one specific player and they just switch on to him and they do what they want. They switch and isolate. That's literally like playoff basketball one Oh one. And it's going to be interesting to see how Monty navigates that. Does he pull Chris Paul in certain situations, knowing that you got Devin Booker, knowing that you got Kevin Durant, knowing that you have two guys who can play make out there. And Chris Paul just kind of starts to hop on his horse right away from the outlet boys, you know, just right off into the sunset. We don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that's going to be navigated because I can completely see that happen. Chris Paul will, will, and is a liability on defense. You want him out there for his cerebral approach to the game, but shit, he can do that standing on the sidelines and helping direct players where to go and be on what side of the court when a timeout occurs and things of that nature. Yeah. So you don't want him to close games. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't, I, I don't, I don't. I, I, I don't. I'm sorry. Like, he's just, it's hard to even talk about him right now, like on the podcast, because it's just been the same Chris Paul, where it's just a slower guy who's just, he might disrupt the offense of what they have going and flowing. And I just, I kind of don't want that out there, man. And it's fine if he's, if these games are getting away and he can hit some big shots. Like, tonight was the first game in a while where he had that turnaround where it went in. Like, mm-hmm. he's been missing those. He's been missing bunnies. He's been missing a lot, the easy shit. And it's just, you just can't have that out there in important games. You can't. I trust guys like Akogi more than, I know Akogi went 0 for 6 right to start this game, but I trust him more in his shot in clutch situations than Chris Paul right now. And I, I know that sounds terrible, yeah, that, but that's that just. that sounds terrible. <laughs> it does. 
but <laughs> because I in, in clutch situation shooting, I trust Chris Paul. Defensively, I, don't. I don't. I don't because, because that's the advantage. Again, when you're coming down the court, when there's five minutes left in a game and the game's within five points, and Chris Paul's bringing the ball up, and he's got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton out there, and insert fifth guy here. The way that he can orchestrate that offense is splendid. And what it could result in is a wide open shot for him from three. And I trust that or him I, getting to get the elbow. And I trust that. I, I don't. I trust what? a guy that can draw the foul too more in a Kogi. You know what I mean? So I just think Chris Paul won't offer I a whole think, lot with those guys. But, but I think I'll probably be wrong again. But I think in those clutch situations, a Kogi's not going to be out there trying to draw fouls. He's not going to get the ball and just attack. And if he does, who knows if he's going to get it. Well, he can attack a dish. He's been pretty good at that, I feel. I think. But but in that situation, he's not going to be asked to do that, right? No. Like with with Katie and Book. To. With Katie and Book, I feel like those guys are going to pr- be the primary shooters. Aiton's going to be down there to mop up the little stuff. And again, if there's an offensive rebound or there's uh, some gravity going to either KD or to Devin Booker, Chris Paul's going to benefit because he can shoot it. I do not trust a Kogi out there in that situation. Now, if it's a defense-only situation, yeah, pull pull Chris Paul and put a Kogi, and that's where I'm at. So that's why I'm kind of stuck in this middle ground, right? I'm stuck in that that Suns purgatory to try to, you know, it, we know what's going to happen. We know that Chris Paul will be out there regardless. Oh, this. yeah, he will. Right? Win or lose without him. That's exactly. just the way it is. You can't lose and be like, well, Chris Paul was on the bench. But from a strategic standpoint, I'm just kind of stuck in this purgatory because it's like if the Suns have the ball, and it's less than five minutes. I do want Chris Paul out there because of his basketball mind. And if he has to take a shot, it's not going to be a high difficulty shot. And even if it is, he can make them. We've seen it. We've seen it. Yeah. Right? Not where his issues lie, in my opinion. It's on a defensive standpoint, how he would become the pigeon and the person that the uh, the defending and the opposition team or the opposing team, they're going to attack him. And that's- it just looks better. And um, honestly, the biggest thing, this is the biggest thing. The Dagoberto Ortiz says CP3 needs to ditch the vegan diet and go carnivore for the Amen. playoffs. Yes. But also, I played basketball today and I felt terrible after. Well, that's, well, that's you I was don't like, how corn. does Chris Paul do this shit, dude? It's because you're corn free. That's true. Like, right? Yeah, I got to start rubbing it on my skin or something. Well, I mean, there. well, it's like lemon for your armpits. It's corn on your hands, right? And then you don't brick it. That's just science, dude. It Everybody is. knows that. Yeah, yeah well, what other notes other do you have? Person. I literally took almost no notes. Oh, <laughs> I just enjoyed watching the game. It was nice. I'm like, I'm not going to take notes. I remembered what happened, and now I'm forgetting what happened because I'm on my second beer. No, I, I took fewer notes than last night. Um, the only other thing, it's funny, we actually went over everything. Do you want to go over Devin Booker? Did we talk oh, about yeah, him the, really? the, the, the guy who got hit in his big dick. In big dick. Big Dick Booker. Evan Booker in this game, total of 32 minutes played, 9 of 18 from the field, 9 of 9 from the free throw line. He had five assists. He had three rebounds. He had 29 points. Did not get to 30. Damn. Kind of sad. Kind of sad. Sad life. Yeah, dude. Um, Kicking ass tonight. I feel I feel bad for what he, what he went through with getting hit in the dick, but really just keeping his cool. I think that was something. I think they woke up today and they're like, what are we doing? Let's just go win this game. And the rest were non-issue because they're actually into the line. And he was putting his body on the line tonight, mm-hmm. getting to the rim. He really was. The, the shots he was taking, he was trying to draw the foul a lot of the times with the guy running by. 
So he was like, he's like, I'm all in tonight to win this game. I have to come out here and win. I had an opportunity last night and I failed this team and not stats wise, but he wanted to make sure tonight, dude, that he got this victory over Joel Embiid. There's that conversation. Who's better Booker and Embiid Embiid a little bit better, but tonight yeah. Booker was better than Embiid. Uh, I do give props here to blaze Megatron is a fantastic point that he states in the chat. And again, everyone hanging out in the chat. Thank you. Hit the thumbs up on or don't whatever. Just the fact that you're here. We appreciate it. He says, love that he's driving at the rim, not yes. by it. That's Perfect. the key of Devin Booker of these last two games. And hopefully it's something we continue to see is that he's driving at the rim and not by it. It's, it's such a great. Yeah. Uh, perfect point, man. Great, great point. And again, you look at the free throw battle, the Suns shot less than the opposition. Again, 27 free throws for the 76 is only 19 for the Phoenix Suns. So again, we still have only 23 games in which we've shot more free throws oh, than darn. the opposition. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, so let, let's talk about Embiid a little bit. I stated a little bit earlier during the podcast that I think that he is the MVP. Uh, do you think that he is the MVP or do you think that is Nikola Jokic or do you think it's Giannis Antetokounmpo? It would be selfish for me to come on this podcast and tell you who the real MVP is because I've watched probably two games this whole season of each guy. But if you, want to do narr- <laughs> if you want to do narrative, the way that Embiid brought the Sixers team back, because I watched the Sixers team about a month ago, and I was like, they cannot get anything to go down in the last minutes. They're just chucking up threes. They got lucky threes to win some games. And I'm like, a lot of their stuff is just kind of thrown, thrown up there. You know, there, there wasn't much of an offense, but they figured things out. And Embiid's, he's been unstoppable. And I think the only reason that he might win is because you don't want Jokic to get the third one in a row and they kind of fell off. But that's the only thing. But I really haven't watched those two where I'm like taking notes and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is a neck and neck. So I don't give a fuck who's going to (laughs) win. But I want Embiid to win. I really do. do. I want him to win the last three years. I mean, I picked Jokic those two years, although he should win. But I just wanted him to get that finally because he's like the one guy left in the league that's like, I mean, there'll be other guys, but right now he's like, I want, I want to win it, and a lot of guys yes. just don't care, but he wants to win it. I agree, and I think that he's going out and he's winning it on both sides of the floor, and that's the one thing that I think gives him an advantage over Nikolai Jokic is the fact that he is a player who can uh, affect both ends of the floor, and we saw it tonight. And I get the, well, we don't want three in a row or whatever. Like, it's all about the season. And I get that the Denver Nuggets have the best record and it's another. And you look at advanced statistics and things of that nature. And Nikolai Jokic can be a cheat code. But he's a cheat code on one end of the floor. We know that because DeAndre Ayton, who we go up and down on, can dominate Jokic. He can't dominate Embiid. He can play well against him. It's yeah, he has to sit in leather on the sidelines. Uh, but I think that it's Embiid, and I'm with you. I don't watch a ton of non-Suns basketball. I'll watch an, an ESPN or a TNT game here and there because I just love watching basketball. But I don't watch it with enough regularity to truly understand how impactful Joel Embiid is on a night-to-night basis. But whenever I do see him, I'm impressed by him. And not, that's not to say I'm not impressed by Jokic, but I think a lot of it for the national pundits is going to come down to the next game for the 76ers and they go to Denver and they play them on Monday. That could be the battle for the MVP this late in the season. And it should be. It, it should, should be. be. And yeah. Joel Embiid handed close. Jokic his lunch the last time they played. Mm-hmm. And Jokic took it and he opened his little brown bag. And then when he opened the little brown bag, Joel Embiid's hand came through it and flipped him off. So Whoa. it was 
Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was, it was aggressive. I mean, who would you rather have though? If you're if you're to pick one guy to be oh, on I'd, Suns as center, who would be Jokic. the guy? Huh? Jokic. Jokic. Yeah, because Jokic can dish the ball. He'll he'll make every guy around him better. I, he just, yeah, he I understand. It's just play. He's that guy though, where it's like playoffs. He has to prove it. I think he has a few years. People are like, if he fails again this year, then it's like, what's up with him? I think he has a few years to get to that. Mm-hmm. And kind of already been there in a way but i feel like Embiid gives his all in the playoffs so you can't really you can't you can't criticize him as much no i'm not criticizing I, either of them if i know but i had to choose Embiid between the two though and I would Jokic, which is good i would choose uh i i'd take Jokic, I, mean, I, would, I would take uh Embiid. real quick i know dan t in the chat has been giving us updates throughout the podcast the clippers did lose to the Pelicans. So thank Very you, Pelicans. Nice. Remember the Pelicans at the beginning of the year, how like they, I think they beat the Suns all three times we played. They were the, what? Yeah, they were the favorites. Yeah. And then they just fell off. But you know what? They beat the Clippers. So what does that mean? Well, it means that the Phoenix Suns are now all alone in fourth place once again. So we spent one day in fifth. All right. Here we uh, go. So here we go. And we are a, we actually are tied in the standings with the Clippers, uh, but we get the four seed due to some tiebreaker. And we're a half game ahead of the Golden State Warriors for the six seed right now. So we got that going for us, which is nice. And uh, yeah, we'll take it. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So it was dangerous tonight, Matthew. Hanging out in a Philly subreddit is just dangerous. You got to grease the light poles. You're afraid that they're going to start overturning cars and burning things. And I'll tell you this, it is so negative in there. They're so negative. At one point, one member of their subreddit said, is this the most negative? He said, I haven't been on other subreddits of other teams, but is this the most negative one? And somebody goes, oh, easily. And I'm like, I didn't say anything because I wanted to kind of keep my head low. Yeah. But I'm like, yes, this is. Who said that? Bring him forward. (laughs) It's like, I'm like, holy shit. Um. Early before the game started, somebody said, anyone know if Scott Foster is refing tonight? We need this dub, LOL. <laughs> That's so funny. Everyone it's knows just, that. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, then somebody commented and said, damn, that Suns lineup is a shambles. Uh, I think he meant in shambles, but whatever. I mean, that's Philly talk, you know. Uh, I fucking hate CP3 so much. Him never winning a ring would bring me so much happiness. Dirty that's fucking so loser. Isn't that weird? That's so weird. Like, I know you're being facetious, but, like, if, imagine if that was true. Like, that's what kept you happiness. Like, you've got a shit job. Like, your mm-hmm. wife doesn't love you. Your kids hate you. But, like, what makes you happy is CP3 not winning a ring. You're, like, you're just, like, a happy motherfucker. Yeah, how does that even matter? Philly. I, You know what? And even, like, Doncic, I don't care. If he gets one, just let the Suns get one first. You know what I mean? He's, like, Amen. the most hated Suns fan guy. Like, so, if, no, he gets a, if he gets a ring, get it after later. I wouldn't care. Man. I like what uh, Mike says. Philly fans, fuck off. I got to get a good, a, a good uh, Logan Roy fuck off. You know what? I thought I, I clipped one of those. Didn't I clip it? I don't or see no? one. I don't see one. That'd be oh, great. Okay. I, don't have, I don't have a fuck off in here, but I'll get one. Yeah, I'm I totally get about one. That. Uh, so, this is kind of funny. Somebody said, if Pedro Pascal, Pascal, you know, the Mandalorian, and Bella Ramsey had a son, he would look exactly like Landry Shamit. Yeah, I can see that. So here they are. (laughs) So here they are. Yeah. There's Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. Uh, You combine them, and I guess uh, somebody in Philly thinks that 
that looks like Landry Shamit. So they're both in The Last of Us, right? Yes. So if they had a kid together, it'd be Landry. Uh, Why does Booker always go off against us? And somebody said, because we don't have good wing defenders. And he does, right? He does. Philly's a team he always plays well. Forever. And then the last comment I had, but this comment happened throughout the game, which is kind of funny. It's, well, that's ball game. They were saying that in the first quarter. And the other thing that they did the entire quarter, or I'm sorry, the entire game was just, we don't have a point guard. Without Harden, we don't have a point guard. Maxi sucks. Maxi sucks. I'm like, how are you guys sitting there saying Maxi sucks? The dude scored 37 points. He was from beyond the arc, uh, seven of 11. He was 14 of 19 from the field. He had 37 points, but like he couldn't set up Joel and Bead or something. Every pass him. Just sucked. take the loss. This is a scheduled loss for the for the. I thought it was a Sixers, scheduled loss dude. for the Suns, but man, well, like Ty- for the Tyrese Maxing is cooking the Suns, and they were just dogging him the whole time. It's like saying Booker sucks. You know, we get yeah. I get angry at Book sometimes, but, I don't yeah, know but he, does, he doesn't. That's suck. being a hater right there. That's just Philly fans, man. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. God. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we'll trade Cameron Payne for Maxi. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. If you guys hate him so much, yeah, we'll trade Campaign for Maxi. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters. Let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Subscribe, rate, and review. And fuck off. All right. This is kind of a tough one, Matthew. Not for me. Oh, well, in that case, who's your jam star of the game? I'm going to go Bismack. Oh, that was terrible. Bismack. Oh, that was even worse. I'm going to go Bismack Biombo. Oh, okay. That guy. I was I had no idea who you're talking about before. <laughs> um, yeah, you're, you know, for you're, sure, man. They, Michael I'm, says it. Busy. Coach Fallen founder, busy stolen beats, cornbread tonight, hashtag Jamstar, Biz, Biz Mac, gotta be Biz, Terrence Ross from Sonia, D. Lee from Dagoon. <laughs> That's a guy who's been cut out of the rotation. I'm A-OK with it, man. Like, he's great to hit a three every now and then, but, like, he's he ass on off. defense. He had, a lot of, he had a lot of time to get yeah. things going. Busy. Uh, you'll give it to Busy. I'll give it to TJ Warren. Okay. I really liked what I saw from TJ again. I really liked what I saw because he played some defense tonight. So I think it's that, nice that to was... have those guys like that are just throughout the whole game. Like they're not always hot in just one spot, but they just continue it all game long. Yes. It's just it's... crazy. We haven't had a guy like that in a while come off the bench. God, it's like we haven't had a guy like that since TJ Warren played for the Suns. Remember him back when he was yeah. with the Suns? That guy yeah. when he started for the Suns? Yeah, back when he started. Uh, up next for the Suns, Monday, oh. 6 p.m. The Utah Yaz. That's who we got up next. So Utah Yaz starting to fall off. A team that surprised a lot of teams early in the season. They're 35 and 39. They're 12th overall currently in the NBA. And they're a team that you got to remember earlier in the season, they had, we went against them and fucking Lori Markinen had his career high. And all of a sudden it was like, what the fuck's going on? They got Walker Kessler, the rookie uh, out of Auburn is playing well. It's a win for the Suns. After tonight, yes, absolutely. I hope. Are so. they going to win? Who knows? <laughs> it's probably going to be a loss. Um, man, I mean, I don't know. 
I'm surprised they still kept it all together with that team. Like they didn't really make any moves, you know, and they kind of just like, let's see what happens. I don't think they had to with all of the assets they had. The only thing that they did is they didn't they bail out the Lakers by giving them Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, I think, but you got to keep marketing too. Like you can't just trade him. Oh yeah. No, you, you got him, you got Walker Kessler. So you got that really good interior presence. You got a gazillion draft picks for Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. It's like, Okay, yeah, let's kind of let's just kind of chill for a little bit and see what happens with this team. They're starting to fall off. We're at that point right now in the season. Sorry, man. We're what you got? A, you, got a, you got a gnat in there? Well, I mean, that's because you podcast outside. Yeah, I am outside. I know, and it's weird because every now and then a gnat will go up your nose, and then people think you have a cocaine problem. So yeah, I do that. I have that too. Yeah, I know, but like you, you blame it on the gnats. Like a true, you're like Kendall Roy. So. I hope this is a win. I really do. I'd like to string some wins together. We need to string wins together right now because that Wednesday game is against Minnesota. Minnesota's fighting for a spot. Anthony Edwards will be back. Cat's back. And KD could be back for that game as well. So I think that's a big one on the schedule. So you don't want to allow this quick one-game road trip up to a high elevation to hurt you in the standings. I like the four seed. I like where the Suns can, if they can hold on to that four seed. So I hope they do. You know what though? Hmm. It yes, it's a it's a must win, but I think just getting tonight's win and then maybe losing us to Jazz wouldn't be as bad. It's not course, the end of the world, that's for sure. Yeah, it just the one win just helps so much. Because you, you lose tonight, that. you're the sixth seed. Yeah. You're looking up at the Warriors and the Clippers. You, you don't win get any lower than that, obviously. Don't. So don't that's why tonight's win that. was huge. And then if you lose next game, it might suck, but then you're like, okay, well, Katie comes back next game, so we'll be okay. Yeah, and that's like the season begins right there, right? I mean, yeah, because again, it's like okay, now everything that we've been working on, we have to kind of reassess because uh, this is a, a new team, new rotations with KD returning. So we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, Jamsters, let's do a fun little Jamsters react segment. So if you got any questions for us, let us know. Jamsters react. Bla- right, Jamsters. Blaze, Blaze uh, said earlier he's like uh, he's got he said Lissy has that Dario bod. <laughs> like oh, yeah, like Jonathan called me Dario Sarge since we've gotten Dario Sarge. That's just <laughs> yeah. so funny from the DraftKings. I had to bring that up. <laughs> you don't fall over as easily though. So oh, uh, first do. first question from one of the Jamsters. Uh, when does DA come back? Tomorrow. I'm just joking. Um, um, my guess is, given the way that the Suns operate, it might not be till Wednesday. I think he can play. I mean, if you can wear leather like that, you're oh, probably yeah. ready to ready to play. Imagine the sweat on that shit when he takes oh, it off. It's got to be gross. Leather's gross. Yeah, but that's expensive. It probably doesn't sweat as much, right? No, it probably does. Leather's leather, man. Hopefully it doesn't tear like um, Lenny Kravitz um leather pants at one time live i don't know if anybody saw that but go look it don't up remember now. go don't look it up guys. It. look it up stay after the pod don't leave don't leave <laughs> uh crazy luigi wouldn't you want a Suns versus kings first round though no mm, i would, one, I would rather be- have that over than the Suns and the warriors but you know what i'm kind of falling off the whole warriors thing i'm like i don't think they're i am I too know. i have been i just i don't think they have it 
It's just it's nasty. They just rely on Steph too much. Uh-huh. It's just Steph or nothing. They don't. They don't have the depth. They can't do anymore. So they don't have the depth. So I don't want to play the the Kings in the first round. I'd I'd, I'd take on the Clippers. I mean, with Paul George's availability True. up yes. in the air, like yep. I want the no, Clippers. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Baff, uh, what would you do to get Nash on this lineup? Um, I would I would snort gnats in my cocaine. I would snort cocaine off of anything, off long of and strong. Off of- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coach Fallen Founder, more anticipated return: Aiton, Katie, or Gavin? Because <laughs> Gavin's traveling and such from the Aussie Suns fans podcast. So, a reminder to everyone who's watching along live now: once we're done, go check out the Aussie Suns fans podcast to continue the party over there. Uh, obviously, it's Katie, man. I have a shirt I haven't even like yeah. unfolded yet. Yeah, I have no shirts with Gavin's face on it. Katie, don't just don't even. I, I feel like they shouldn't show him at all until the actual game starts and he can come out of the tunnel, you know, just don't do yes. it. Yes. <laughs> uh, Johnny go says, play my Sarge smoke break. Drop oh, it's yours. <sighs> I'm not going to play it. I think Whoa. we do. do we, we play the thunder one more time this year. Don't we? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, do. We'll, we'll, we'll for get, that. Johnny. We'll, we'll, come we'll, back. We'll, yeah. Johnny, come back for the thunder. Back, one. We, we'll, you'll see your drop. Hey, I was thinking too, really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Tonight when they did the reviews, like they had the two reviews where they're like, that was actually a two and that, that was changed yeah. to a three-pointer. They should save those and just just delete the replays and only the refs know what it is. Save them for the end of the game. So if it's like a close game, it's going to overtime. It's like, okay, let's find out exactly if that was a three-pointer or a two-pointer. And Bob Barker comes over, out. And then you find, yeah, you find out what it is. All right. And awesome. next up, let's see. You know, you have to like play Plinko like to won. find out. You're like, oh my yeah, God, it was a three. The Suns really won. Was. Yeah, with with cameras and everything like that, that'll never happen because we'll just talk about the whole game. It's really ninety nine, not ninety eight. Like I know because he had that three <laughs> in the second. To talk about the rest of the game, like, it's be funny because the is. people in the stadium would have no idea why. Yes, like and the real score. They're like, "What the fuck? I've been rooting for this all wrong." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Crazy Luigi, thoughts on this being the last season that Al McCoy's broadcasting games? Sad man. I mean, he's the voice. Yeah. Of- all of us growing up, all of us. There's no one who listens to the Phoenix Suns who didn't grow up with Al McCoy calling games. And this is last year. And it's like, God, it would be a storybook ending if the Suns could win him a chip, man. They got to. They they should have the last two seasons. They have to. Now that this is his last, I mean, he'll still be with us on the planet and we might win. But for him to be gone, that is crazy. That is yeah. nuts. I mean, I don't listen to the radio as much, obviously, with you know how you can access games now but back in the day dude it was like driving anywhere you're just like all right listen to the game is the best way to watch and view a game was just listening to it oh it was well, that's and- how i ended the finals game game six i was listening to Al mccoy i couldn't watch it so i just listened to him oh real wow yeah oh, god i'll never forget where i was for that too remember back when we were kids like you could have the game on upn well one like al mccoy would be on upn so like that was cool uh, but there was other times where because, that. yeah, it, yeah. Uh, there so there was that side. So that, I mean, that's Shazam. All that that's where it really was fantastic. But there's other times like during the playoffs where you'd be watching on like ABC and you could just mute the game and listen to the radio, and it would sync up because it wasn't like a delay because I have Directv and a satellite or you're you're streaming it so you're three minutes behind in real time. So you could listen to the radio and have the TV going at the same time. It was the best way to fucking watch games man like, i remember yeah. that playoff run in 94 that playoff run in 95 doing just that 
like having my mom has one of those radios that's also like a tape player and a CD player and a record player. And that was like in my living room. And we would just listen to that while we were watching the Suns games. Because even back then, I don't know who it was. It was like Marv Albert or something. And my dad did, hated did he? because he like bit somebody. He did the Rex Ch- the Chapman shot, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. That was I think that's like the memory I have instilled in my brain from being like being so young. Like yeah, that was born the one in 89. That was so that was like right in that. I mean, the 93 run was just unto itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man, like that game seven against the Seattle Supersonics and uh, Barkley. I mean, the whole thing. Any other questions in the chat? Uh, bit is bit a prostitute, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Marv Albert bit a prostitute. And my dad hated him. For it. My dad, like, I had who, no idea what he was saying right there. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, Marv Albert was accused of biting a prostitute. My dad used to always make fun of him because he he's like, that guy's got the most expensive hairpiece in all the sports, you know? Because prostitute, he like bit a prostitute in the late nineties. And my dad, like, if you've ever like sinned, I how my dad many, though. My dad, well, only one that was like that got who, out, who, who didn't sign an NDA. Yeah, the rest turned out. to vampires. Something that's that's crazy. That what a what a life biting prostitutes. It just it, uh, jamsters. If you're into prostitutes, that's fine. But it's just crazy to be that way and like have to order prostitutes because you're addicted to it. That much. that's just nuts. Yeah. And like a prostitutes, like you just I like go like this. My bezel. There's just a dead, <laughs> dead prostitute behind me. <laughs> you're like, check this out. <laughs> Her name was Sparkles. Uh. I think that's all the time we got for on this show, Jamsters. I so, think so too. we appreciate you hanging out with us. Again, hit subscribe, hit hit review, hit rate, hit everybody. Just don't bite a prostitute. Make sure that you join us on Monday night following the game against the Jazz. Again, Matthew will have somebody on with him as I will be doing a fantasy baseball draft, uh, which I have to start studying for tonight. Yeah, you I don't should, know man. what the fuck's going on. Uh, on that note, again, everyone have a great night. Suns win, absolutely huge win. So, I'm going to finish these beers and just, you know. Yeah, go home and uh, bite your family. Or a prostitute. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.